We're about to rip a page out of the Necronomicon. This week we watched Evil Dead 2. Let's roll tape. What's up, everybody? You're watching the VHS Files. I'm your host, Josh. With me, as always, is Eric and Jason. And our movie of the week is Evil Dead 2. Starring Bruce Campbell, directed by Sam Raimi. Eric should be very excited for this week's episode. We've already done Evil Dead, and he's proclaimed his love for the Evil Dead series. So, Eric, how you feeling about finally talking about Evil Dead 2? Feeling good. Love Evil Dead 2. Got my Evil Dead shirt on. I mean, it's like going to a funhouse. You laugh, and then you get scared. And then you laugh, and then you get scared. Jason, I know this is one of your favorites. We've talked in length about the original Evil Dead, and now we're talking about the sequel. Before we get started, thank you to everyone for watching. If you're new to, to this uh, show, uh, we talk about movies. We talk about our nostalgia for movies, mainly from the VHS era. So if you like what you uh, hear and you like what you see, please consider hitting that subscribe button. Uh -huh. Let's get into this movie, man. I'm freaking Jonesing. <laughs> Well, as you can tell, we're all excited to talk about Evil Dead, so we're going to get right into it. Evil Dead 2 was released on March 13th, 1987, and Mr. Eric's going to take us back in time. Well, Josh, in 1987, you jump in your mom's shiny new Ford Aerostar van, crank Ooh. that radio dial up for songs that start with I, like I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston. I still haven't found what I'm looking for by U2, or I Heard a Rumor by Bananarama. Head on down to the theater for movies with colons, like Jaws the Revenge, Police Academy 4, Citizens on Patrol, Death Wish 4, the crackdown uh <laughs> the crackhead or the crackdown in, in in news uh bb king donates his 7000 record collection to the university of mississippi in 1987 i couldn't do that uh when i die i want to be buried with my record collection it will be my vinyl resting place <laughs> just kidding i don't have a record collection in 1987 astronomers see the first sign of the birth of a galaxy uh, you know, I entered a raffle to win a galaxy once, but uh, I only won a small group of stars. It was the uh, Constellation Prize. And uh, yeah, the first heart-lung transplant takes place in Baltimore in 1987. Uh, you, you guys know what the doctor said to the patient that wouldn't let him finish the surgery? What? Fine, suture yourself. <laughs> Actually, I think that was supposed to be suit yourself. Uh, but you know, that's fine. I screwed it up. Leave it. And uh, finally, <laughs> listen to this movie description. This insane movie description from 1987. Hit it, Josh. 20 years ago, the town's most seductive woman became the victim of a brutal murder. 20 years later, a more beautiful, more seductive woman will face the same end. An even more attractive woman. A case they never solved. Even more seducing. <laughs> She's even more attractive and seducing. My mom watched the living shit out of In the Heat of the Night, dude. It was always on in my house. Dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was on all the time as well, yeah. 
Well, in the case oh. of the voodoo murders, that reminds me of Live and Let Die, the James Bond, <laughs> Live and Let Die, yeah. with yeah. all the voodoo shit in there. Speaking of which, if uh, if you like James Bond, you can check out our other show, For New Eyes Only. Uh, me and our buddy Nathan talk about James Bond movies because I am watching them all for the first time. So if you want to check that out, go check it out. It's in our feed. Let's talk about Evil Dead 2 and uh, had a budget of $3.5 million and a box office of $5.9 million. So modest with the with the with the box office but i can tell you what this is like the reason for vhs is this movie <laughs> yeah. oh god yeah <laughs> definitely this is one of those that you, when you went into the video store this fucking box on this movie yes. was one of those you saw every time but i'll be honest with you guys i didn't watch this when i was younger i never rented it at the video store i think i i, I first saw uh army of darkness in middle school so you saw Army of Darkness first? Yes. And then I saw Evil Dead 2, and then I saw Evil Dead. So I saw them in reverse. Fell in love with Ash uh, in Army of Darkness as a as a 12-year-old or something, and, and uh, thought he was just the coolest damn dude ever. And uh, found out that, oh, you can see the movie of how he gets there. And yeah, you're right. I mean, he, he is a legendary character beyond the... the film itself but just the character of ash being created here yeah which is you know grown from from this point quite a bit video games comic books other movies tv shows let's go definitely the movie that made bruce campbell a star no doubt about it. he is the king of b movies hail to the king baby <laughs> he was the king for years still as far as i'm concerned and he was also the king let's do it amigo um well i was poking around on rotten tomatoes and i just want you guys to guess what the critics the critics score for this movie is oh god i i couldn't i couldn't begin to guess i'm gonna assume it's bad 32 the critics score which is usually the worst one 95 percent on rotten tomatoes. what there ain't no way I, that's had to change the rotten tomatoes because back in the day i think they all thought it was horrible <laughs> right that's going to include modern reviews no i didn't do a whole lot of poking around into what the reviews were when this came out i'm sure it didn't receive the greatest of reviews um but the audience the audience percentage is actually lower than the critics 89 percent with the audience come on people give it your shit. yeah <laughs> But uh, this was directed by Sam Raimi, um, coming after a movie called Crime Wave, which was written by the Coen brothers. Uh, that's what he took on after doing Evil Dead. And uh, we talked in length at, in our Evil Dead episode about um, the production of that and how it was miserable, a lot like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like everything was just it was it was guerrilla filmmaking for the most part. Everybody was miserable. Everything just went wrong. Anything that could did go wrong. And uh, I was surprised to find out for Evil Dead 2 that when they came back to this, the production was a whole lot more fun, went a whole lot smoother. Evil Dead 2 represented going back to our comfort spot. And we also were better filmmakers at that point. So it was actually not a horrible experience. This is also the movie that pretty much made Sam Raimi a household name as far as a director as well. If you are into movies, you know what Sam Raimi has directed, but let's go over the list a little bit. So after this, he does uh, Darkman in 1990. Then we have uh, Army of Darkness, 1992. Quick and the Dead, A Simple Plan, which is an awesome drama movie. If you haven't seen A Simple Plan, I highly recommend checking it out. It is a great thriller. Most notably, I mean, the Spider-Man trilogy that we all 
grew up in our 20s watching <laughs> and, and loving. Uh, Jason and I have talked at length about how much we loved the uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Except part three. <laughs> <laughs> Which you can and, check uh, out how we could have changed that on this episode. Drag Me to Hell, Oz the Great and Powerful, which I don't remember being crazy about, yeah, but... It might be something to revisit here in the future. And then most recently, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which kind of came in on a disappointments list for Eric for uh, disappointments in 2022. The crew and the behind the scenes had nothing but good things to say about Sam Raimi. Apparently, he's just crazy to work with on set. If you give him five things, he wants to use all five things now. You know, so how many deadites do I have? You know, I got 10. I'm going to use all 10, you know known for working with his brother, Ted Raimi, who is also in this movie. And uh, he and Bruce Campbell's relationship is also something that is just like wild. Sam and I have a good symbiotic relationship. You know, he's crazy and I guess I'm willing to put up with his craziness. He could yell at me and abuse me and I knew what he meant. I didn't take it personally. It wasn't, it wasn't like that at all. You know, there's a lot of joking around. Sam is a real prankster. He's a real joker. And Bruce Campbell is a god amongst men. <laughs> he would be up every morning. He pumped iron before the shoot because he kept himself in impeccable shape. He was a Puritan. He had a Spartan diet, drank a lot of water. Of course, he looked like a million bucks. And he was a ham. I mean, a lot of people talk about other actors and their, the physical acting, you know, these A-list actors, how they are just so good. No, this man is one of the best physical actors I have ever seen in my life. In just this movie alone. The, and, he did, and he did most of the stunts in this himself. Yes. And I mean, it's just incredible. I was like, how did he do that? How did he do that? Oh, my God. He's beating himself <laughs> to death. And it is believable. And that's what you want as an actor, to believe it. I believe it. I believe he's yeah. hitting himself at those plates over and over and over. I remember shooting the scene in the kitchen where Bruce is breaking the dishes over his head and the evil hand and flips himself. And it was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. And he'd do it over and over again, and we're like, going, he's going to get hurt, he's going to get hurt, you know? And he just, but he just enjoyed it. I mean, he had a great time doing it. The stunt double was not used very much. John Casino was my stunt guy, very good stunt guy. And he would do things like a stair fall. So I'm like, nah, it's probably not a good idea to go head first on that. I think I'm going to let John do that. And I did most of everything else in the movie. I, I think he's actually puts in like a good performance outside of the physical comedy stuff too. Like I, like there's moments in the movie where I think he kind of sells, you know, it's, it's sure it's melodrama, oh. but like he, he, he sells other emotions, you know, serious moments in the film. Whereas if he didn't and those fell flat, I don't think we'd, you know, he, he would be held in such high regard for, for these movies. I think he, it, like, oh, yeah. When his hand's going back, he's like, give me back my hand. You know, yeah. like, it, he means well, that shit. He's losing his hand. <laughs> well, I, I watched the first one again and then watched Evil Dead 2 right after it. And I think you did the same thing, Eric. Didn't you say you watched, well, you watched Evil Dead after this. Yeah, I watched Evil Dead 2 and I was like, you know, I hadn't watched Evil Dead close to this. I always watched them like a year apart or something. So mm -hmm. I was like, well, I'll just put on Evil Dead and watch that. But my intent in going back and watching Evil Dead is... 
you can vastly see a difference in Bruce Campbell's performance. Oh, God, the yeah. first movie Definitely. to this one. He, you could tell Bruce was fresh, did not know what he was doing very much in that first movie. Oh, right. And now, in this one, you can see he's got some chops. And he fucking brings it, man. He absolutely I, well, brings just, it. Well, just first of all, he's, like, charming in the second movie. Like, yeah. real charming. You know, and he's kind of just, like, a lovable dork in the first movie. Right. And he doesn't really fight anyone in the first movie, whereas in the second one... We talked a little bit about that in the episode. Like, I, it, you almost don't even feel like Ash is the main character until everybody else in that movie dies. Because he's he's never at the forefront. He's always cowering in a corner when things are happening. Right. Yeah. But right. this, he's the star. Right. That's right. From the get-go, he's your man, you know? After Crime Wave, they had such a bad experience making Crime Wave. The studio ended up taking it and recutting it. They didn't really feel like it was their movie. And uh, then eventually the thing came around, let's do Evil Dead 2. There were treatments done that was going to be something completely different. They weren't going to go back to Ash or the cabin or anything like that. But when it came around to it... At that point, that seemed logical was Evil Dead 2, and Sam was adamantly against it. But because Stephen King liked Evil Dead, that gave it a push. Stephen King made Evil Dead in a way because he did that interview in Twilight Zone magazine. He loved it so much, he did, you know, he did that glowing piece about it. So he's down in North Carolina doing Maximum Overdrive as a director. He goes to Dino and says, you should actually do the sequel to Evil Dead. Dino De Laurentiis jumped in after he saw the sales of Evil Dead 1. We had a meeting with him. We had a deal in 15 minutes. This movie is so notorious for being a, a, a pseudo-remake of the first one. And we, we talked a little bit about that in our Evil Dead episode. And basically what they had to do is re-engineer everything. See, the problem with 2 was everybody's dead in the first one. So how do you get them back? How do you get another group of people back? Because of the way the recap went, people thought that Ash was stupid enough to go back to the cabin with new friends. You know, so... I think we have to resurrect uh, Ash, even though he's clearly, he's killed in the first Evil Dead. He's dead. The, the evil entity got him. So we decided he'd just beat him up a little bit. But we couldn't reuse the footage, so that was really frustrating to do a recap on that. So it was re-envisioned and recreated in that sense. We couldn't get the rights to the footage from Evil Dead for Evil Dead 2. It was two different companies. And they were like, well, let's just pretend that the first one didn't happen. Uh, Greg Nicotero, who did the, yes. some of the effects on this, KMB uh, effects, worked on this, I think, before they were even KMB effects. They're so funny in the behind-the-scenes footage. Like, they're like kids on a, in a playground. And, <laughs> and it kind of works out because a lot of this, the set and everything was built in a school, a shut-down school in North Carolina. So all the departments of the movie had different classrooms, and they got the science room. So, and then the, the, the cabin was built in the gym, like a two-story, you know, full, full double cabin was built in the gym so they could shoot. Awesome. And it was sort of like this fantasy of like, wow, wouldn't it be cool if we could work on Evil Dead 2? And then literally a couple years later, I was working on it. So ironically, it was kind of a dream project. That's the one thing I will say about Evil Dead 2 is for all of its flaws, it still looks great. I love and, it. I, I love the cheesiness I mean, of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it all it all plays into what's happening in the movie enough to where even when you've got bad compositing or the the stop motion stuff that's going on in this movie, 
You just believe it because of what's happening in this movie. I think I might have said this before, but stop motion has this unnatural look to it that can kind of work in its favor. Yeah, know? yeah. Like if you were if you were just trying to do stop motion of like a dinosaur, it would look herky jerky. But if you're doing a stop motion of like a reanimated corpse, and it's like, well, the jerkiness is working, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, how do you know what a reanimated corpse looks like? Yeah. The, you don't. It's, it's all cut to pieces and like falling apart and stuff. Exactly. Where the wider shots would have to be stop motion because we can't have a dummy or an actress with, with a head removed dancing in full shots. Much like in the way of Jaws, like all the stuff that, that went wrong or all the stuff that could be bad is the stuff that just makes it good. You have to know what was put into this movie, and then you can get so much more out of it. You know what I mean? It wasn't about perfection. We weren't making a perfect film, you know? Certainly there's tons of mistakes and hiccups through the whole film, but it adds to the fun of it. There's something about imperfections that work for film. What about you guys? Do you remember your first watch of this, Eric, Jason? I mean, do you guys remember the first time you sat down and watched this and like, did it blow your mind? Uh, can you can you give me any kind of recollection of that? I don't, I don't totally remember my first watch of Evil Dead 2, but I just remember being like, like this is amazing. And, and I think almost immediately liking it more than Army of Darkness. It might've taken a watch or two, but it didn't take long for it to really become my favorite, you know? Would you say this is the first horror comedy movie you really kind of attached yourself to or had you seen something else that kind of lent itself to that uh certainly this this amount of gore with comedy you know yeah. like i think tremors yeah you yeah. probably saw that before army of darkness right yeah. right right but even 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 a movie like tremors doesn't fucking go balls to the wall like this movie does you oh know? well oh. The, the over the top blood and gore is is part of the humor that that was a kind of a new unique thing for me for sure but return of the living dead you know part one part two they're horror and they're gory but they're got a lot of comedy in them to me yeah. just you know silliness you know stuff with yeah i didn't see those until way later yeah same, same yeah. here i didn't see those when i was younger jason yeah. do you do you remember if you saw return of the living dead first or was it evil dead 2 first oh i saw return of the living dead before i saw evil dead 2 i know that because my mom liked those movies so uh, Evil Dead 2 to me was uh, it was a rental. I was probably maybe like early teens, 13, 14 years old. Mm -hmm. uh, because I mean, this movie came out, as you said, 87. I was 10. So I really wasn't watching, zooming in on this at 10, you know, because it wasn't something that was on the commercials on TV like Friday the 13th movies or Nightmare on Elm Street movies. You didn't see the trailers for this on your regular 4, 6, and 12 antenna TV dial, you know. I, I love. <laughs> that era for you know without the internet and things like that you would just it would take word of mouth for to learn about these movies a lot of the time for for me anyway it would be like this guy i know he said watch this you know like that kind of thing and you're like oh what is that and you're just kind of discovering new movies that way well that's how I, that's actually i mean not word of mouth but it was actually uh in print that i heard of evil did too because that was at the time I was getting into playing guitar. So you go to the stores and you'd go look at the metal magazines. Well, what do they always have next to the metal magazines? The horror, horror magazine. magazine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Fangoria and stuff like that. So you're looking over there and I'm flipping through and I'm like, what the hell is this? Because that's all they're talking about is the most blood ever in a movie. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> hell yeah. And I'm like, and I was like, I've seen that in the VHS. You walk in the horror section, you got E for Evil, which is usually about second, third shelf. And there's that skull with the eyeballs looking at you. Yeah, it's and so simple yet so effective. I wore that damn tape out. <laughs> I mean, I would rent it over and over, 
and then later we get army of darkness and see that's where i was going to say for eric that would be kind of weird because i watched evil dead 2 before evil dead obviously but then i went to army of darkness and you can see the big change from evil dead 2 to army of darkness in how much comedy is in the movie right where eric's yeah. watching it and it's getting less unless <laughs> it's going in the backwards motion of right. that because after i watched evil dead 2 it was later that i watched evil dead and i was kind of like oh god i like i like evil dead 2 better it's to me it's the best movie mm-hmm. i like the, the best of the three which people would fight me probably because everybody a lot of people love army of darkness good bad i'm the guy with the gun i would that would hurt to watch it backwards that way because it would be like, okay, this is not as funny as the first. Okay, this one's kind of what. The, this is not funny at all. But that, that's <laughs> sometimes that can be the thing that endears you to a franchise like that. Because I remember watching Aliens way before I ever saw Alien, and you kind of just have to pick up with where the events in Alien ended, in the and then you you go on to Aliens from there. So sometimes that is enough to get me interested enough to, to like go back. And I can totally see Army of Darkness being one of those where it's like, this movie is absolutely bonkers, and I have to see what happened before this. You'd have to go back. Well, but because it's called Army of Darkness, you don't get the tie to Evil Dead in the title, so you could watch that movie without even knowing that it was tied to the Evil Dead franchise, you know? Totally true. Right. I right. mean, Eric could have not known anything about it and just said, wow, that was a cool movie. Oh, what's this movie? That guy looks familiar. Oh, wait. Oh, shit. That's the guy that's in this movie. Yeah. I was just going to say Evil Dead kind of hits the sweet spot for me as far as the mixture of the horror with the comedy, you know? Yeah. Um, I love Army of Darkness, but you're right, it gets a little sillier. And then you have Evil Dead, which is more on the scary side and less silly. And I feel like this is kind of that sweet spot right in the middle. Hey, I'll swallow your soul. I'll swallow your soul. I'll swallow your soul. <laughs> the first time I watched this movie, the horror comedy wasn't really anything that I was into or was i had seen a lot of at that time so i remember walking away from watching evil dead 2 the first time not liking it very much but the more i watch it the more i got into horror the more you learn about the production of this movie even coming into this movie later in life i have so much respect for it and it's nothing but a fucking good time man i absolutely love this movie swallow this Well, tell us about your nostalgia for Evil Dead 2 in the comments below. We'd love to talk with you about it. And um, we're going to move on to the next segment. The good, the bad, the movie. Why? Why? I saw your soul. I saw your soul. I saw your soul. (laughs) Why? All right. This is the good, the bad, and the ugly. This is where we're going to talk about the Evil Dead. Nostalgia out the window watching this movie right now. What are our thoughts? What do we think is good? What do we think is bad? What do we think is ugly? Let's go ahead and get into this, guys. What's good about Evil Dead 2? Who wants to start? I love how it doesn't take long for this movie to just kick into gear. Right. Oh, yeah. It's like quick. In no time, all hell is breaking loose, dude, which is what makes it so rewatchable, too. Yeah. There's no slow burn that you have to go through. It's it's you're right into it. This is the thing I still can't get. It's like you're listening to a guy telling you about he found this book and they give you the whole I mean thing about this the Necronomicon ex mortis, blah blah yep. blah. And they're reading it and it's telling you, I'm gonna read some passages from this. No, you hit stop <laughs> on the tape player when it says I'm gonna read some passages from the book called the Book of the Dead. 
stop <laughs> movie over you know come on man but it just from that point on evil buster linda's possessed you had to kill her cut her head off you bury her she comes out of the fucking ground holding her hand head around spinning i love that the uh the, the stop motion animation right there too with her body and her head spinning around and then the one part that still gets me every, i giggle every fucking time she goes <laughs> she goes she up into in the, the air like fucking Santa Claus. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they see no, she's right in the window. Oh. Yeah, that shit's fucking. It's awesome. It's just like you said, it goes from zero to a hundred right mm-hmm. after he played his play on that tape uh, tape play. I think it does hit a slow point at one particular spot, but you kind of need that. You need a breather in the middle yeah. of this movie because there's so much wackadoo shit going on. You it know is what wacky, I mean? dude. It's yeah. wacky. This yeah. movie is so fun. Hello, lover. It's the most fun I, I can think of in a horror movie. I, I tried to kind of think about what makes it special. I think it builds on a lot of ideas established in the first one. So, you know, you could sort of say some of the same things, I guess. But obviously, the camera work is inventive and kinetic and you know so much is added to the to the energy of the evil and that kind of stuff Just playing with the speed um <clears throat> you know fast forward stuff uh wacky angles you know just the cross shot is amazing lightning strikes when he does yeah it. it's just <laughs> awesome looking there's also in the first movie when he goes down into the attic there's a really cool shot that's facing ash and then it pans around the entire uh, basement and you get you get the layout of the whole thing. They do the same thing in this one, except in front of the cabin. He's standing there in front of the cabin and it just goes all the way around and comes back to him. I love that they revisit that sort of stuff. I love that they re- revisit the trees sexually assaulting people. Like, I, I like that they go back to those things in this. Well, I like that part you're talking about where it does that. That's right after the part where... And I still got, the, you know, we're talking about the good aspects of this movie. That's one of my favorite shots in this movie is Ash flying through the air and he's spinning around, getting <laughs> hit by the branches and everything. But then he falls in the puddle. But that's the thing. You think he has flown like 10 miles. Right. The evil has thrown him 10 miles. And then he wakes up and he, you know, he has the, the, the evil Ash and it, it, the sun comes up. And then when he looks around. The cabin's right there. It's <laughs> yeah. right there. He, he literally went like 20 feet. And you got the eyes of the cabin. Oh, yeah. Lead us. And you realize that the cabin's laid out like a face. It's, yeah. The stones look like teeth. Got eyeballs. Right. You can't <laughs> get away from the cabin. Like, once you're there, you're there. Like, you can't get away from it. My question to you guys is, is like, I, I hope this is part of your, your best parts of this movie, but... Evil Ash, like Deadite Ash. It's awesome. I fucking love the look of Deadite Ash. I love every time he's on screen. There's a particular shot when Annie is in the cabin fighting with one of the Deadites. I don't know, but he pops up in the window and grabs her. Like, I just love the look of Deadite Ash. It's it's so fucking cool. He looks the best of the Deadites other than, well, I liked Henrietta when she goes full Deadite later. Right. But uh, the look of his makeup looks better than I think Ed when Ed uh, changes. It looks yeah. kind of corny. Like when he's trying to eat, uh, I think it's Bobby Joe's hair right. or something. It looks kind of corny. But uh, apparently the dentures they put in the actor's mouth wouldn't let him close his mouth. And I remember giving him his teeth and saying, okay, you got to put these teeth in. He looked at him and he put him in. And he's like, I can't close my mouth. 
So you don't have to close your mouth. You'll be roaring the entire time. Yeah, I can't. Ha, ha, ha. I was like, ah, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. So we put them all in the makeup, and we're doing all this, and then the drool starts. Tim's going, great, great. I love it. I love it. All this drool's pouring out of his mouth. Oh, it was just, you know. It was just the, the nature of just having these teeth in his mouth that he could never close his mouth. But hey, let's not forget about the other main character of this, the Delta 88. <laughs> Come on, people. That has been in every Sam Raimi movie since. I love that car. Dude, it, I, like you said, it's in everything. It's in the yeah. Spider-Man movies, Dark Man, everything. It's everywhere. They had to shoot that shot where the camera goes over the back of the car, through the window, and then out the, the windshield. Um, they, they did like, I think they said some like 17 takes of that and never got one of them right. Well, that was called the Ramo cam. Uh, there were several different attempts to shoot the one shot. We had one rig. It was failure, failure, failure. This rig ain't going to work. We wound up shooting it again several weeks later. And finally, I remember everyone cheered. We finally got the one shot that came up, they rammed it through, shoved it all the way through. It worked. We were like, oh, thank God. That's a pivotal shot of the movie. Yeah, thinking of all these shots that they set up, like going through the woods where branches and stuff fall over. Yeah. Uh, going through the house, like through the windows and the doors and knocking doors over. And That's I mean, awesome. Yeah, it's it's so inventive and it's so uh, difficult. Like they really made life hard for themselves with some of these shots, you know? And then it loses, he loses evil. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, he, he gives it the shakes. But she goes down into the attic where Henrietta is. Like, why didn't Henrietta just attack at that point is what I'm wondering. But it doesn't matter. This movie's still perfect. The the, the whole the whole point of the evil, I think, is to drive him crazy. So it, yeah. you can just explain a lot of this stuff. You know, like, why didn't they get him here? Why didn't they get him there? Well, it was like, it's having fun with them. It's enjoying putting him through everything it's putting him through. So I that's one thing where I think this movie might lose a few people is some of the more, like, goofy stooges type stuff which i like that stuff dude that's the part i know I in the love. case yeah well i do too and i i, I mean I, I don't know did you guys watch the stooges when you were younger like I was I like reruns on tv i did but I did. um you know like my wife i i go to show her this movie which i'm like this is this was like when we first started like 10 years ago when we first started dating i'm, I'm like she she never watched horror movies I've converted over 10 years. She's watched all kinds of crazy movies right now. <laughs> like, it was one of the early ones, and I was like, this is one of my favorite movies. Eric's, like, trying to convert her over, like, a religion. It's like, hey, do you want to join deadidism? Like, we could, we could make this happen. <laughs> He's all like, come to the dark side. She was not a horror movie fan back then, but I've I've really, I feel like I've I've pulled her, you know, yeah. into, the, into some horror stuff that she's enjoyed, but... She couldn't get through it. We started it, and she was like, this is ridiculous. Like, she just yeah. thought it was so dumb. Like, and, you know, I can kind of see that, how some people would, would would watch that, and they're expecting something serious, and they get something really goofy at times. You know, you're blocking the, you know, you're blocking the... The secret to Sam Raimi is that he keeps trying to make Three Stooges movies. Hey, what are you doing here? Hey, why? He loves the Three Stooges, which it shows. Um, his sense of humor really shows in the movies. But I love the fact that it can go from really funny to terrifying within a span of a couple seconds. I think the sound design is incredible with, you know, the, the, the crazy sounds of like the, the craziness and as, as 
Ash is losing his mind. Uh, so much of that stuff is just really inventive and creative. Just insane tearing sounds and clawing. And I love reading Sam's scripts and then seeing how important things like camera angles and how important sound effects are to him because he really uses every single medium he can to heighten the experience of being trapped in this cabin. What would you call that effect on the Deadites when they speak? It's almost like their voice is like doubled, like it sounds like... Someone's in my fridge cellar! Yeah, it's just layered over the top of each other. Right, right. So that sound is, I think, really unique to this series. And and obviously the special effects are all really great. You know, there's, there's a few things that have dated a little bit, but all the practical stuff with gore and blood and monsters and makeup is uh, is excellent. And there's a lot of it. Before you know it, the most insane shit's going on. I mean, even, even Ash tr- trying to keep himself together in the mirror says, you know. We just cut up our girlfriend with a chainsaw. Does that sound bye? It's it's designed to do that though because like think about all the the crazy Sherry Moon zombie laughing that's going on throughout the entire fucking. Oh my god! Movie. Why did you have to say that? Why did you <laughs> fucking have to say that? Uh-oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It sounds like Sherry Moon zombie laughing. I'm sorry. <laughs> Josh just connected two synapses in Jason's brain that will be connected forever. Dude, why did you have to say that? Now I saw it. But you've got that along with all the screaming, all of the chainsaw noises like this movie is made to drive you fucking crazy. Yeah, it's a it's a madhouse, dude. But one of my favorite scenes is when he sits in the rocking chair and it breaks and you hear and it's that fucking deer head turn. And like that, and then the, and, then, and he starts. Everybody starts laughing, and the the lamps going up and down, and he's going, yeah. Ooh, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> dude. People that watch this movie are just like, what the hell? I'm about to fall out of my fucking chair every yeah, time, still to this day. And it's like, but it's a man losing his fucking mind. He's talking to yeah. a deer head and a lamp, right? And he's just bouncing up and down. Well, I, you it's can't take phenomenal. You can't take away from the fact, too, like, before all this starts happening, you've got his hand going fucking crazy, and Bruce Campbell's acting with that, too, like, when when it knocks him out, and the hand is just dragging him across the floor, like, it's all just designed to make you go, what the fuck is happening in this movie right now? And again, I I think when the moment where he has to cut his hand off, he sells as, like, a serious moment. It's time to get real, and that shit's intense when he's cutting his freaking hand off and the blood's getting in his face. He's like, yeah, "Ah!" he's like, yeah, he's not giggling. He's not like being silly, laughing through that. Like he's freaking screaming. He's going crazy. Like, but you needed the rim shot whenever he puts the bucket and then the books on top, and the book on top (laughs) is a farewell to arms. Again, there's no fucking way you're gonna start a chainsaw with your fucking teeth. To right. cut your hands off, <laughs> like fucking Leatherface, just easily just starts these chainsaws out of you know, you know, out of just <laughs> magic. And here we are, Ash. Just I'm just gonna grab this chainsaw. Ah, pull up my teeth. No. Yeah. Now hold on, 
hold on. He had already used it. But it was turned off. Right, but it was primed. It doesn't matter. It matters yeah. a little bit. It, it, it'll no, start up no. a little better. Okay. No, no, you're not doing your teeth. You're losing your teeth. Not with your teeth. I agree. But it is. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't cold. It wasn't cold out of the shed. He had already yeah, yeah, that's fired true. it up. It's already been fired up, but you're not starting with your teeth. <laughs> Any, anybody, anybody listening or watching, if you can start a chainsaw with your teeth, send us a video of that. We want to. We want to see. It. You will be on the show, but we are not liable for. We yeah. are not liable if you hurt yourself. You do this upon your own free will. We are exactly. not liable. If you lose a tooth, it's your own stupidity. If you cut off your hand with a chainsaw, we we will show it on our show here. We do not condone that. We're, we no, we're not doing that. <laughs> send it to Eric. <laughs> we'll give you his email after the show. One of my favorite scenes is when is when he's cutting Linda's head off. When the blood squirts on the light bulb and then everything in the room turns red. Oh, I fucking love that shit. Yeah, dude. The That's eyeballs dope. in the, the the deer head that's in there, it looks evil because it's the red on the eyeball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty cool. The part of this movie that makes me laugh the hardest is when he's in the tool shed with Linda's head and then all of a sudden that fucking headless body comes in with the chainsaw and it's like jumping around (laughs) dude the fact that when he pulls a curtain back and there's a chalk line for a fucking chainsaw I'm like what I mean at the point I'm not I'm not criticizing it I'm like what the hell am I watching the very first time I watch it there's the outline who does that nobody the icing on the cake when that corpse runs in with the chainsaw is how he immediately kicks the chainsaw over and it starts sawing itself in half. <laughs> like, like that, that in the scene where he's just losing his mind are the two points in this movie where I'm like, this movie is absolute, complete comedic genius. Well, like it's, it's hard to talk about things like like moments like that in this movie. We, we, we keep naming them. There are endless moments like that. I mean, the, yeah. the, the stuff where he's trying to kill the hand through the stuff the walls are bleeding uh the massive amounts of blood that shoots out of the walls when he shoots right right i mean we haven't even gotten to the people getting to the house yet we're 40 minutes into the movie so much stuff has happened you're like what like what else could happen at this point and then they introduce (laughs) us to annie and everybody coming in on the plane and it's like we've already gone through so much with just ash in this cabin and then we get a whole new group of characters that come in and it's just more insanity continues to pile on. It's a it's a fun dynamic where Ash has just been through all this and and they show up and they have no idea what he's been through. So you you got a, this fun thing where he knows what's going on but they don't trust him and think he's just crazy. Right. You know, cuz he's squatting in their house or whatever. Um so that's a fun thing. And I and I I love how he we have all that time with him particularly alone him in the house where the house is just picking on him, you know, yeah. just yeah. driving him insane. I mean, he goes from a totally normal guy to completely insane by, by the time, you know, Annie and them show up, he's completely lost it at that point. I mean, I mean, there are two distinct moments in this movie where Annie like does not trust this guy. Number one, they get to the cabin and this guy's in their cabin. She has no idea who this guy is from anything. She wants blood everywhere. Yeah, she thinks yeah. <laughs> he's killed. He's killed her father and whatnot. And then after we get Deadeye Ash later in the movie, he's like, "I'm telling you, I'm all right." It's like, yeah. <laughs> if you're seeing the shit that I'm seeing right now, you would be doing the same thing I'm doing because <laughs> nothing makes sense right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's so many amazing little ideas, and it's like they go for every single one. You know, like I, I think yeah. a 
most movies would have like three to five like cool ideas that are ex- like cool moment ideas, like a creative kill or like a creative escape or something, some set piece or something like that. Yeah. But in this one, it's just like this and this and this and this moment and then this moment and then this. And should, I mean, there's just so much going on, you know, and it's not a long movie. The cool thing was Sam had so many definite ideas, very specific. That was a wonderful thing about Sam. You always knew what he wanted because he was never ambiguous about it. He knew exactly what he wanted. He knew how to get it. He knew cameras and lenses and filmmaking better than any director I've ever worked with. I think a lot of that comes from Sam Raimi's kind of turn uh, when 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 Evil Dead was such a, a disaster and then Crime Wave didn't go the way he wanted it to. He sat down with one of his filmmaker friends and he was like, what do I need to do to get this to work right? And he was like, you, know, you got to do storyboards or a shot list or something. You've got to let everybody in on what it is you intend to do. And he did. And since then, he has become a very big proponent of storyboards. I mean, his storyboards are hysterical because he draws stick people. He would draw. Yeah, he, he knew exactly everything he wanted to do. And I, I think Sam Raimi really got meticulous when it came to planning this movie out and doing it and doing it right. And it paid off for him, man. It, it, it absolutely paid off in spades compared to the first movie. That said, going back to watch that first movie, I think I like it every I think I like it more every time I watch it. And, you know, I, I haven't seen it nearly as many times as this one. It used to be like, oh, that's the first one. It's it's a little rough around the edges. Yeah. And I just kind of discarded it a little bit. And then I would watch it again. We did it for the podcast. And I watched, you know, I've seen it only maybe about five times. Yeah. But watching it this time, I was like, damn, this is like, in in a way that fo- uh, the, 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 the Evil Dead 2 isn't, it's scarier than Evil Dead 2. Right. Oh, yeah. It's supposed and, to be. Right. Yeah. It's obviously, it's like a darker tone or whatever. But like, there's some stuff in that movie that's so freaking good. I, I'm like, the, the the distance between these two movies is getting like tighter for me every time I watch them. You know, it used to just be this one was way up top, but now it's like, ah, 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 just creeping right on up. Well, I've always kind of attributed that to like, uh, the, the first Evil Dead is like, I want to watch a scary movie at home by myself. Evil Dead 2 is more like, let's have a fucking party and watch a movie, guys, and have a great <laughs> right. goddamn Fuck time. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, yeah. just, yeah. that's that's sure. the tone. And, the, you know, one of the filmmakers uh, that was talking about Sam Raimi in the behind the scenes was like, you know, Evil Dead was a dry run for Evil Dead 2. And it's like, he knew all the mistakes and the problems he had in that one, so he was able to kind of counteract that coming into Evil Dead 2. Even though it's a movie he didn't really want to make, but it's absolutely obvious that they had such a good time making this. Even the stuff that, that sucked, like they were staying in places that didn't have air conditioning. It was hot as hell in North Carolina. And sleep, it was misery, mosquitoes, everything. But no matter what, it was fun, all right? It was fun as hell. We just didn't care. It was like, we're working on Evil Dead 2. You know, we were working on the sequel to the most ferociously original horror film ever made. So as far as we were concerned, it was a lot of fun. Five makeup effects guys living in a house. I mean, it was insanity, you know? Everybody seemed to be having a blast. The cast, the behind the scenes crew. Although there is a story they tell where the first weekend they were shooting, the North Carolina team didn't really like mesh with Sam Raimi. We were forced to because of their sort of uncooperative nature of this whole crew. We fired in the course of a weekend, the entire camera crew, grip, and electric department. 
because they were questioning everything that we did. It became just a, a, not a good situation, and we replaced a third of our crew over the course of a weekend. And I remember Sam giving a speech when the new crew came in on Monday. And Sam gave them a patent speech, essentially saying, okay, you've seen what we're up against here. You've seen what we have to do. You understand the challenges here. So anybody else who needs to go, go now. But now how do we how do we feel about the introduction of the new characters in this one? Like how do we like Annie and Jake and Bobby Joe and and Bill or Ed, I'm sorry, not Bill, Ed. Yeah, Ed. Well, this is <laughs> this is where I think the the first one maybe has a couple of little advantages. I I kind of like that crew more than this crew. I don't know. Jake and Bobby Joe aren't great. <laughs> oh, I we're think... not to the bad section yet, are we? <laughs> no. Not just yet. Any any other favorite moments of the movies though? Like what like Eric, is there a particular moment in this movie that like oh. like Yes. Yes. Okay. What the is gear, it? The gear up scene. <laughs> oh, straps, bop, bop, all that in, stuff. In the shed, putting it together. Hell yeah, dude. Gear up. Ashley Williams putting his shit on. <laughs> yeah. Becoming the, the hero that he will become. Hell yeah. The chosen one. Groovy. Groovy. Of all things to say, right? Yeah. What a weird choice. And I'm like, but dude, that is like, <laughs> that's what he is known for. Hell yeah. It's just that one word. Yeah. I mean, so much so that the, the end credit scene of the remake of Evil Dead is just him going groovy. groovy. <laughs> <laughs> that will be $1.5 million for me to say this. <laughs> I don't think we have enough of the preparing for battle scenes anymore. Like, oh, no, that was always something in 80s movies that I like Commando and fucking Rambo. Dude, like, Commando strap. is still one of the best ones, man. Yeah, dude, like <laughs> yeah, strapping yeah. on all the ammo and the grenades and the guns. Like, same thing with horror movies, man. Like, give us a tool shed full of tools. We'll fucking mount up and go kill some deadites. Yeah. Yeah, the whole arm up scene, uh, the scene when uh, they he's in the basement. And they and you hear the professor talking that she was possessed, so I had to cut up her body and I, I buried her in the fruit cellar, and she pops up <laughs> out of the fucking floor, and you're like, holy, and she's like, who's in my fruit cellar? <laughs> this is where we have to give some props to Mr. Ted Ramey. Yeah, yeah, his brother is dead here in Vienna. I think Sam um, tormented Ted almost a little bit more. I mean, literally, it's like, okay. You're my little brother, you're gonna be in this movie. So, you're just gonna do whatever I say. And I didn't care because I was 20. And when you're 20, you know, you can have people throw golf balls at your face, you know, from a driving range, and it really doesn't matter. You'll be happy to have that happen to you. <laughs> but it's so funny to see these guys now as like businessmen filmmakers, because they're just like, where they came from was all of this shit, and now they're like multi-million dollar filmmakers. It's can you imagine crazy. how fun it would be to be 20 years old on a horror movie set and like getting to just... Well, and your brother is the director? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just mean just being there would be amazing, and yeah. Absolutely. I think hey, uh, about it every time I watch these behind the scenes things, man. I'm like, God, it would be so fucking fun. Like, it just seems like everybody's laughing all the time. But I know that's <laughs> not true. I know film shoots can be an absolute terror. But what they show us most of the time looks like it's a blast. Right. It's like when you watch, uh, 
I, I like watching bloopers from like TV shows, yeah, especially like yeah. comedy shows. And it just looks like so much fun. Everyone trying not to laugh at all the great lines and stuff. There's, I'm sure there's like a ton of other footage where they're just like exhausted and don't want to be there, but. Right. Other thing about that whole scene is actually the Henrietta makeup, the, all of that bodysuit when she yeah. comes out of like, when remember oh, they go yeah. to pull Ash out and it's like, you see the head expanding open. Yeah. Like it's going to eat him. And then uh, the whole Henrietta's face to the thing. I swear to you, so I swear to you, so. Yeah, that whole part where the her dad's trying to come from the other right. realm because he's dead. That is one of the best shot scenes in here because, like you were talking, all those weird camera, like they're focusing on a board and the twisting of the board with the camera, and yeah. you can hear, it. and like you said, all the <laughs> yeah. weird fucking shit going on. You're like. I mean, I went to school and I learned how to do sound effects for movies. And that whole thing right there is just like, this is fucking cool. I can I can literally see the guys in the room making the noises to go in there for that part of the film. And it's just so completely out there. Like, you would have never imagined some of these, like, sound effects. It's like they literally just threw, like, some random sound effects in there, too, just to make it even more insane, you know, because that's this movie. It's, like, all yeah. crazy. So everything's got to be like dialed up to like 11. Well, the other thing that I really like is the ending set where that fucking the head of that monster comes through it's the fleshed. door. And then you've got the tree limb arm holding on to Ash. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Just the, the sheer scope of what they do with that there. And then him just sticking that chainsaw in the eye and shit squirting everywhere. Yeah. The blue blood. Like, I, I think about those sort of things, like how much time it took to set all that up. Yeah. You get one shot, one take, and then, all right, reset. We got to do this shit again. Like, that's the aspect of all this I think about now. It's like, God damn, I can't imagine doing 17 takes of that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, imagine that and all the the, uh, the work with the trees. Like, you got the Bobby Joe attack scene with the trees. That's awesome. When you yeah. see the limbs going into her skin. Yeah. <laughs> So how was it, Cass? It was like one for Was it good for <laughs> you? Dude. It was good for me. Now put it back in, boys, just like they were. Then you got the trees attacking the cabin like poltergeist style. Yeah. You know, try, and even the trees even look like the trees from poltergeist. It just looks great. Yeah, I mean, people that watch it today who have never seen this movie, like, man, this is cheesy as fuck. Like, like dude, that's totally fake. That's fake. That's fake. I'm like, yeah, but you didn't see this back in the day. And yeah, even back then, it wasn't like Star Wars quality right. uh, special effects, but to us, I mean, dude, it's still awesome for what it is. I mean, yeah. I don't care that yet yeah, it's foam, latex stuff, fake trees. It's probably people in suits that look like trees doing this, you know. But you again, know? dude, like I'll take that shit over bad CGI any day. Oh, yeah. Week. Oh, it's tangible. It's really literally there. Maybe yeah. it doesn't look quite. Quite real. I like all the miniature stuff too. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, the, the bridge, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. The opening scene with the car going across the bridge. Yeah. That's freaking. Yeah. I like it. you. It is so fake, but I'm like, that's so cool. Right. It just feels good. <laughs> it just feels right, man. I love all miniature stuff. I'm always down for some miniature stuff. Well, did you notice the the one cool detail in the cabin? I mean, in the woodshed. That Freddy's glove is hanging in the woodshed. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that was another nod to the Hills Have Eyes poster that was in the first movie. It was like, mm-hmm. there's so much good stuff to say about this movie, but do we have anything bad to say about this movie? Eric, why don't you start? Well, I I, I alluded to it, but I, I think uh, 
I think I prefer the first movie group to the to to even the, the all four of of our visitors here. Annie, Jake, Bobby, Joe, and Ed. Professor Ed. Jason. Yes, that's right. Get uh, your shit right. Professor Ed Getley, the third. Just, you know, they're fine. I like them. You know, I love this movie. Um, yeah. But I, you know, if I'm looking for, for weak spots, I think that crew, Jake in particular, gets on my nerves. Sorry, Jason. <laughs> um, <clears throat> oh. Yeah. Bobby Joe isn't there for very long. She doesn't do a whole lot. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Annie is really the biggest new addition here because she's our final girl, which... It's shocking to me at the end they they pretty much kill Annie off. Yeah, she dies. Yeah. Yeah, they kill Annie with the dagger that uh kills Jason Voorhees. Yep. And Jason yep. goes to hell. <laughs> again, we can have that conversation again. Is Jason from Friday thirteenth the Deadite? Anything other than the new cast uh kind of great on you this time around? Uh no, I don't think so. I, I, I always get just a little slightly annoyed with Jake and that crew. Jake in particular, because he's just kind of an ass. And I know he's supposed to be, but like, Bobby Joe, where are you, girl? <laughs> hey, you're talking about me. He does a way better Jake than I ever could. He's doing a really good one. It's called an impression, Jason. That's what I think you do it very well. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I'll just say it now. Uh, my ugly was Bobby Joe. The not Bobby Joe herself, but where he screams Bobby Joe like over and over again. Bobby Joe! Bobby Joe! Bobby Joe! Bobby Joe! Bobby Joe! Bobby Joe! Jason, you got anything that uh, graded on you this time around? I mean, I love all the, the cheesy effects and everything, but I mean, and they did well with hiding a lot of stuff. Uh, I mean, if I'm nitpicking, because I love this movie, and, and I mean, there's nothing really super bad I can say about it, but I mean, like, the zoom in on Ash's eye when the fog's coming out of his eye, the zoom zoom in, like, it's, like, right here. Yeah. It, it looks pretty bad. I think and, that shot's cool as fuck, dude. Yeah, but, I mean, it's, it's it, to me, it just looks bad. Like I said, I love it, but if we're nitpicking, that's pretty <laughs> I bad. I love it, but it looks bad. But, and then the one where he's getting sucked into the vortex, and he's flying, you can see the rope tied to his back oh, yeah. as they're drifting oh, yeah. through the air. I'm like, man, come on, Sam. We could have done better with hiding that. Well, There's I'm sure you couldn't have seen it when it was on VHS. You know, right. These are things that are revealed in the 4, 4K Blu-ray era. I watched the 4K Steelbook edition and Steelbook um, Best Buy. Woohoo! Yeah, and <laughs> you can definitely see strings like with the trees in the miniatures. You can yeah. see the the little strings that are moving the the the, the roots around. I've got no uh, strings to hold me down. And even when 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 Henrietta is spinning on the ceiling, like you can see the back end of the the suit is wide open. Like all of that stuff, like you can definitely find little flaws in that. There is one thing I noticed this time around though that really irritated the shit out of me. He had to cut his right hand off and he now has a chainsaw there, correct? Yep. Okay. <laughs> when he's walking through the pipage, he reaches up with his right hand and grabs some pages off of the wall. <laughs> I didn't even, oh man, I didn't even pay attention to that. That's good, I, man. I didn't notice that either. Because I rewound it. I was like, whoa, they really fucked up right here. And sure as shit, he reaches up with his right hand and grabs the pages and tucks them under his arm. Mm -hmm. But honestly, like, I'm not, I don't really have anything ugly and I don't. No have, ugly. Like, all my bad stuff is really just nitpicks like Jason's. Like, this movie 
is the perfect horror comedy. Like, this is what all horror comedies are trying to do, in my opinion. The Shaun of the Dead, all those movies are trying to do Evil Dead 2. Edgar Wright, obviously very influenced by Evil Dead 2, or I was going to say Sam Raimi, but, um, you know, he loves doing all that click, clack, click, clack, click, clack, clack yep. stuff. Yep. Yeah, there's there's interviews with Edgar Wright talking about how, you know, how, how much this movie influenced him. And uh, Marcus Nispel, who did the Friday the 13th remake, he talks about it a lot. Gilmer del Toro has a lot of good things to say about Evil Dead 2 as well. Uh, you, you can just tell that a lot of filmmakers respect Sam Raimi for what he did with this movie. And it, I, they're not wrong, man. Like, this is the quintessential, like, horror comedy for me. It's, it's just everything's trying to be a Evil Dead 2, in my opinion. Like, as much as I love Tucker and Dale versus Evil... Some kid just hucked himself right into the wood chipper. What? Head first right into the wood chipper. Are you okay? That's great, too. You wouldn't have that movie if it wasn't for Evil Dead 2, man. Like, Yeah, that is a great one, though. Uh, even other it. movies that are a little more on the serious side, like Cabin Fever. That's a, it's still. Yeah. I mean, got a cabin, cabin in, in the, the woods. woods. Cabin in the woods. <laughs> cabin in <sure>. the woods. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, all those movies are taken a little bit from Evil Dead 2. Absolutely. This one is just everything that the first one is, but better and ramped up to 11. I mean, it's it's the this is one of those movies that is very much a sequel that is better than the original, in my opinion. They're both very different, but this one takes the cake for me now. And it's like we mentioned earlier, like if I'm feeling in the mood for a horror movie, I'll put the first one on. But if I want to laugh and have a good time, it's definitely Evil Dead 2. Uh, Army of Darkness is the one I've seen the least, honestly. And um, it's, it's, it's been a while since I've actually rewatched it at this moment in time. So I'm, I'm yeah, I find myself coming back to these more than Army of Darkness. Yeah. Final thoughts on Evil Dead. And uh, what would we rate Evil Dead? A score from one to 100. What what would our score be for Evil Dead 2? Um, I mean, as far as recapping anything, I've said what I've got to say about it. I, I think it's a great horror comedy. I think it's it's what everybody is trying to do in the horror comedy genre. And uh, I don't it. it, it there's not been a movie that's topped this for me as far as that goes. So that's that's where I'm at on, on Evil Dead 2. You guys got anything you want to say in wrapping it up? Great effects, great sound, great direction, creative camera work, looks great. Uh, iconic character, iconic performance by Bruce Campbell. Huge influence on film and horror. Uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Thank you, Sam Raimi, for giving us this movie. Thank you, Stephen King, for making Sam Raimi do this and helping him get in the, the uh, budget to do it. Uh, and I know Sam Raimi probably had a lot of the writing to do, but I, I mean, you got to give it to Bruce Campbell for taking this character and making it his own. And he has just become superstar status to all of us horror movie lovers of the character of Ash. I mean, yeah. we all love it. I mean, I go to cons a lot, and you always see somebody dressed as Ash walking around. I mean, yeah. One of my great, I would just love to meet Bruce Campbell one day. I know there's millions of people though that, that want to do that, but man, it would be so cool to actually meet him. Just thank him for giving us the character of Ash. But all right, our rating from one to a hundred. Are we ready? I'm ready. Three, two, one. Damn. Oh. <laughs> Dude, that's Damn. two weeks in a row I gave the movie the highest rating And I swore Eric was going to give it like a 99 Eric with a 90 Jason with a 92 And I gave it an 83 
is i mean as much as i like this movie and have, have like basically just praised it this entire time i don't find it to be a masterpiece of any of any kind so i had to i had to kind of like like grade on a curve it so. is a masterpiece <laughs> hello i think some of my emotions went into pushing it up to 90 i i agree with you like i i you know i wanted to give it a freaking hundred but you know i realized this is you know you got to leave some room for like the elite films up there you know what i mean but right, uh, right. this one just is a warm spot in my heart and uh i can see why you went down to what was it 83 83 i was gonna go with the year 87 but i was like yeah i feel like that's still a little too high <laughs> well see that's so. why i went with i went with evil dead 292 <laughs> <laughs> but uh the no i mean you're talking about you got to leave room for the elite films and stuff like that i was like i think you take those as that's what people think that they're elite but you also got to take the good good filmmaking in with how you feel emotionally i i see where you're going with this movie snob listen there's there are there are better films than this so i wasn't oh, yeah. going to put it at the top and say there's no, no better films so i i i left some room but it is a, a wonderful, wonderful movie. A 90 out of 100 is pretty super high. Yeah. Yeah. I actually yeah. thought Josh would go higher. I actually thought you would go higher, but I guess I love this movie more than you do, Eric. That's fine. I. <laughs> it's not a competition. <laughs> yes, it is. Everything's a competition. Well, if you do like this movie like we do, head over to our, our friends at CavityColors.com. They've got some great Evil Dead 2 merch over there. This is Cavity Colors. I'm wearing it. Oh, yeah. Eric's sporting the Cavity Show Colors. Show up, Cavity Colors. Yeah. Go over and visit our friends over there. You can get 10% off your entire order with the code VHS Files Podcast. Just head over there in the link in our description below and get yourself a t-shirt for Evil Dead 2 from Cavity Colors. That's going to do it for our discussion about Evil Dead 2, guys. And uh, tell us your, your good, the bad, and the ugly in, in the comments below. What do you think's good? What do you think's bad? Do you think there's anything ugly in this movie? Let us know. We'll be back talking about another movie with you guys again next time. But uh, make sure you head over to Redbubble, get some VHS Files merch, support us over there. And uh, thank you for liking, commenting, and subscribing. And until next time we see you, be kind. Rewind! Groovy. Rewind, 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 rewind! That's why you sell, that's why you sell! Dead by dawn! <laughs>